0: weirdo bookworms unite
1: we want to share our love of genre fiction with you
0: some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror sci-fi and fantasy but not us
1: so stop by as we discuss what we've been reading
0: Hello, Genre Junkies. This is Sandra. And this is Scott. And welcome to another episode. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Blake Crouch's new genre-bending horror sci-fi fantasy? I don't even know. So much going on. Uh, His new novel, Recursion.
1: I was so excited to read this book because we loved his first book, Dark Matter. And I really wanted to see what what he would bring to the table this time.
0: This is a brand new novel, just came out really recently. As always, we're going to keep the first half spoiler free, just to kind of get you interested and let you know why we think you should or should not uh, read this if you're not the audience or what's going on and how we felt about it. And then the second half, we're just going to, I think, presumably gush about this novel.
1: Oh, I presume nothing. <laughs> presume nothing
0: right sure of course um so scott have you been uh, indulging in any genre related pop culture things or things you want to share
1: I really haven't. This uh this week has been a little bit crazy. This past month has been a little bit crazy mainly because Sandra and I bought a house. We bought a house. Yay! It, it's very surreal. It's uh it's very scary and frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh but we're just we're so happy and we're so privileged to to just be able to to move into our own home and paint our own walls
0: <laughs> and and put up like floating shelves and have our own washer and dryer. So- <laughs> So
1: many floating shelves. <laughs>
0: so many floating shelves. That's
1: been our answer for everything.
0: Yeah. Put a floating shelf there. Stick it on the floating shelf. <laughs> um, yeah, really exciting. And we'll also have a much nicer recording setup.
1: Yeah, we're going to set up a a special office just for our recording studio and, you know, a little bit of work here and there as well,
0: well. And also some of our collectibles and books on the floating shelves. Look
1: forward to that, but we are going to be very busy for the next month, month and a half. So busy.
0: But don't worry, we'll still be here. We'll still be recording. Can't stop that. The only time we ever really had to take a break is when our county was on fire. So yeah, so that's pretty
1: good. <laughs> so how, what have you been doing genre-related recently?
0: Uh, kind of the same as you. I've been a little bit stalled just um, trying to deal with moving stuff and whatnot. But um, I did read a book recently that is not genre-related that I highly recommend highly recommend. And it's called A Heart in the Body in the World by Deb Coletti. A Heart in a Body in the World. Hmm. Yeah, it's a strange title, but it kind of sticks in your memory a little bit. And it's about a girl who is just graduating from high school, and she's been through something traumatic. And she decides to run across the country from Washington State to Washington, D.C. And her grandpa is following behind her in their RV. So if you like kind of road trip books, um, this is a good one. If you like really hard hitting contemporaries, this is a good one. And I don't read contemporary a whole lot at all. But I am a runner. So this book appealed to me. And it is like, oh, this book will change your life. This book was amazing. Please read it. It's so important for the times we live in now and what's going on socially in the world. And it's a good conversation to have and to be a part of some really complicated, big issues that are going on, especially in the United States.
1: You were listening to that on audiobook, right?
0: I was. Hey, hey, do you need an Audible code? We got one.
1: That's right. It's audibletrial.com forward slash genre.
0: G-E-N-R-E. All
1: right. There's a a little (laughs) plug there.
0: There's a little commercial. All right. Without further ado, let's get into Recursion by Blake Crouch. Memory makes reality. That's what New York City cop Barry Sutton is learning as he investigates the devastating phenomena the media has dubbed false memory syndrome, a mysterious affliction that drives its victims mad with memories of a life they never lived. Neuroscientist Helena Smith already understands the power of memory. It's why she dedicated her life to creating a technology that will let us preserve our most precious moments of our past. If she succeeds, anyone will be able to experience a first kiss, the birth of a child, the final moment with a dying parent. As Barry searches for the truth, he comes face-to-face with an opponent more terrifying than any disease, a force that attacks not just our minds, but the very fabric of the past. And as its effects begin to unmake the world as we know it, only he and Helena working together will stand a chance at defeating it.
1: Yeah. Uh, this book takes some twists and turns that are that are at first expected and then very much not
0: yeah so as Scott mentioned we um, huge huge fans of dark matter a uh, great book in our opinion loved it highly recommended it um <clears throat> this is better this is better
1: oh okay uh, wow that, that, that's a pretty strong statement yeah
0: this book is powerful engaging scary thrilling. Um, It makes you think. It makes your brain hurt with the science that is going on in this book. There is like some heavy science stuff that like in Dark Matter, he does a really great job. He had really great people helping him to put this into digestible terms for those of us who can, you know, are kind of layman to big concepts, Um, gripping, horrifying I'm sorry. This book is amazing. This book's absolutely amazing. If you listen to me, everybody looking at Aunt Sandy, okay? Look at me. Look at me in my eyes. If you read one book this year, read Recursion.
1: Wow. It's amazing. I mean, I think that Recursion is a stellar page turner. I was...
0: Oh, I mean, I'm obsessed. Let I, well, me just yeah. put that out there in case that's not clear. I'm obsessed with this book. I, I got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: I, I enjoyed it. Cover to cover. I thought it was fantastic. It's really unexpected. Uh, The characters are fantastic. And it just... uh, Blake Crouch is so good at elevating the stakes to just unbelievable levels that just... You could not even imagine it it even being... (laughs) It, you conceiving of how extreme he gets in his books and, yeah. and and recursion is no different. i I loved this book. i I couldn't put it down. I thought it was I thought it was really good.
0: but you like Dark Matter more?
1: I like them both differently. I think uh, Dark matter scratch scratches an itch that this doesn't for me. oh uh, Dark Matter is just a, a a really fun thriller with some really cool uh, you know, dimensional shift things yeah uh recursion is is a is a totally different book i I mean it exists in the same in the same headspace that blake crouch creates with his stories but it it uh it's just a different book entirely i I really loved it
0: well it's a lot more um like i said emotionally gripping and a lot more horrifying too
1: and there's um i'll say that 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 and I don't wanna compare recursion to dark matter too much. No, just but because it's a, it's the a same lot of author. people have
0: read it read it, so yeah. it, yeah.
1: But dark matter made me think more. What made this me, made
0: me think more. It,
1: well, dark matter g- gave me kind of a, a, a an existential thought, uh, in regards to relationships and uh sense of self and and who, who your actual self is. This one um definitely made me think in other ways but it um, it didn't make me think about myself and reality as much as dark matter. really
0: I, i am i'm really shocked to hear that because i think all those things that i loved about dark matter that you just mentioned this book was that on steroids it was incredibly amplified made me think a lot about time and reality and memory and what makes a person a person and what makes the people you love the people you love um this is it's definitely not spoilery to say this and it's not the same thing, but this is very much, um, gives me eternal sunshine of the spotless mind vibes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's different. It's quite different, but it's some of the same stuff. So that entices you. That's a good, and that's a good little appetizer.
1: And it kind of reminds me of a, of a movie that I haven't seen the whole thing of. I'll be honest. Uh, but it's, it's, um, oh, The Arrival. Um, I don't think you've seen that, Sandra. No. Uh, if you've seen The Arrival and you found some things that you really liked about that, uh, this kind of has some of that same idea. Mm
0: hmm. Let's talk a little bit about characters, just kind of basically. So we have, um, we have some main characters, uh, chief among them Barry and Helena. So as far as Barry goes, Barry is um you grow to learn more about Barry and what makes him him throughout the book. So he's a little bit of a slow cook as a character, but I think that's important because it we're like we're peeling back the layers of Barry as the story goes. He's this cop who's kind of down on his luck. He's got a alcohol problem. He's got relationship problems. Uh, he's in grief. And then everything kind of opens up for
1: him. Yes. You really get to explore him even deeper uh, as the book goes on because of the events of the story. It, it One great thing about the framing of this story, and this will come up as we talk about uh, the characters even more is that the the basic idea of the story is a great way to explore a character, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, to see who a person is as well as who a person wants to be. And Barry becomes so sympathetic and so strong, and and because he he's a sympathetic and and good character from the beginning, but he gets. He gets great. I, I He really I love gets Barry. under
0: your skin yeah. by the end of this book. um, Kind of how I was saying about that book I mentioned, the one by Deb Coletti, A uh, Heart and the Body in the World, this is very timely in a lot of ways, too. It could, I mean, it could be any time, but there's some issues that are brought up that I think a lot of people, oh, a lot of people should have on their mind right now, um, it's hard to say. I'm going to come back to that in the spoilers, but yeah. it is very timely to our climate in the world. It
1: resonates to our current position.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um so
1: Helena, oh, love her. Uh, Helena is one bad mofo. She's a bad mofo. I love She's Helena. She's
0: brilliant. She's a genius beyond genius. Kind of like in some other books we've read, I'm always really happy when the lead lady is smart scientist, kind of like resistant by Rachel Sparks. mm -hmm. I
1: actually got a lot of that feeling from Right,
0: Where Barry's like so proud of like how brilliant and he's in such admiration of this character he's adjacent to of like, dang, she's smart, man. She's smart that's really cool because you know it doesn't always have to be like oh the guys the you know the genius or anything that's so tired and it's so nice to see the woman in science being a genius and the men around her being in awe
1: and it's it's really nice in with with helena where she's not only just like just a complete genius and and you know really sharp and smart but she's also incredibly strong uh, and driven yeah. and very just goal oriented and mm-hmm. and she just will let nothing stand in her way to get exactly what she wants and that is so exciting yeah. and refreshing that to just to have both
0: and she's um incredibly moralistic as well yes and this voice of reason and sanity in a world gone insane and um and not morality like in the the virtuous biblical judeo-christian sense but morality at its base core of being a good human and serving humanity (sighs) really cool and she also like barry opens up a lot over the course of the book to like barry gets under your skin and it's like Helena just just crushed my heart with how much I cared for her by the end of this book. Oh, and did I mention it's scary? There it's is some incredibly horrifying shit that happens in this book.
1: Horrifying is the word for it. It is. Yeah. There is some really terrifying d- events and descriptions in this book that will haunt that, you. that will haunt you. I'm haunted now, and not ones you're used to. <laughs> That, I mean, I don't want to say that this is a horror novel
0: because it's 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 very multi-genre going on.
1: But it is. But it's a horror it is novel. Bad. It is. It is. It is <laughs> frightening stuff.
0: I think horror fans won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I mean, and obviously, I'm obsessed. I I really have to say this book is mass appeal. I really do. Um. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yep. I, like I think if you if you're the type of person who's like, Oh, I, I don't like horror books, you'll like this. I think if you're a horror fan, you'll love this. I think if you're a sci fi fan, you're gonna love this. Um, some contemporary stuff, uh some kind of contemporary fantasy fans I think would really enjoy this, literary fiction fans. Would enjoy this I mean this book is the one to beat for me to be my best book of the year
1: wow
0: and it's only June people so come on authors impress me impress me
1: I really do feel like this book is gonna be in my top five no question yeah um I I'm you know bad at picking favorites but this is a very good book I agree that this is, this is mass appeal. I think that Blake Crouch does a really good job of con- combining uh complicated scientific ideas with great character work, uh fast plots and and just psychological elements that 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 just make you think about who make you think about yourself, make you think about the world around you. You know, if if you're a psychology major, this you know his books are are give you a lot of really good ideas
0: and philosophy major perhaps
1: philosophy that's the word i'm looking (laughs) for philosophical ideas yeah
0: very big philosophical ideas in this book okay my brain hurts let's go to the spoiler section read the book enjoying the show Please like and subscribe on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Genre Junkies, And don't forget to visit the website, JohnRejunkies.com. Okay, so as I previously mentioned, my brain hurts. This book makes my brain hurt in like the best way. And Dark Matter did the same thing, where it's like some really, really smart people in our world understand this stuff and they can only try to dumb it down for the rest of us (laughs) to try to understand and it really makes you question things and some of the stuff in this book is of course theoretical but some of it is not theoretical and some of it is like it's beyond our capacity to understand and to master but the codes are there the blueprint is there so i'm just gonna try to get through this as best i can because i am i am but a simple woodland creature (laughs) Uh, you know what else is cool? A lot of this book takes place in the Bay Area.
1: I uh, that was really fun for me. And yeah. by the way, the the inn uh, that's a few miles north of of San Francisco yeah. that she stops in with the fire pit. Yeah, that's real. That's in Jenner. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, <laughs> it was that's a long awesome. time ago, but yeah, and they do have a very nice fire pit there.
0: <laughs> it's a great fire pit, people. Okay, end of the episode. <laughs> um. Okay, Scott, you're you're the smarty pants as far as science goes among us.
1: Uh, mm, okay, you are. Sure,
0: your science is not my thing except biology.
1: I've read more science fiction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you also seek out a lot of science. I, I do. Okay, put into layman's terms as best you can, what is happening in this book?
1: Okay, uh, there are. There, there's a couple of different thing different things, some of them philosophical, some of them science related that are um, that are relevant to this. One, philosophically, the idea that uh, time is basically just an illusion mm-hmm. and everything is happening at the same moment. However, our brains process all of that in a linear fashion.
0: So that's the first thing we have to accept yes in this book.
1: Bl- so there is no such thing as the past. Mm-hmm. There is only there, there is only now, and and your brain just is not able to comprehend a fourth dimension, and therefore sees it linearly as opposed to all at once. Right. The second thing is is at the moment of death, the idea of your life flashing before your eyes. Sure. There is a chemical that your brain releases at the moment of death in your brain that uh, that lights it up, and the theory that uh, Blake Crouch puts forward is that that chemical is what causes your brain to be able to see everything in one moment as opposed to consecutively Mm -hmm. and so then the third thing is is if you can master that and you can implant a specific memory that they've mapped out of your brain they, they, they can find out what what your memory is and then shoot that into your head when that chemical is released when you die you can actually be sent back to that time and change events
0: yeah so that's a a thing
1: (laughs) this is I mean I have to say dark matter there is some strong. There's there's some real strong theoretical science in this. Yeah, in, in dark matter. In this one, it is more philosophical. It's yeah. it's less theoretical science and more a little bit out of left field, and therefore a little bit more complicated to wrap your head around. Right. But the real twist is when you get back to so so you go back in time. Right. And you're reliving your life and you're changing things because you're
0: in a new timeline. now. Right.
1: When the moment in time quote-unquote, that you went back, everyone gets their false memories back of what happened before you changed it. Right, And it compounds itself. In Blake Crouch fashion, (laughs) it compounds itself where the more times you send someone back, the more of these false memories start just but they're
0: not really false memories. They're they start calling them dead memories. Dead I think, memories at yes. some point in there because they happen. They just happen on another timeline.
1: I mean, it's and so. And so if you send someone back once, all of a sudden anyone who is affected by that person are gonna have a set of different memories. Yeah. And but you send someone else back and they change it. Now you have two sets of different memories and then your third current set of memories. Yes. And it just keeps compounding to the point where people are losing their damn minds. Yeah. How can you how can you deal with the fact that you have hundreds of different memories of the same time and event of your own life? And some of them, including you, dying in horrific ways. Yeah, I mean, if you suddenly have the memory of dying twenty times in 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 all these different horrific ways, yeah, as well as your current memory of being alive, that what's that going to do to how you? How do you survive? I mean, how do you like? How do you process that? And right. the idea is is that the human brain can't
0: can't really. And so there's mass um, suicides and all sorts of junk going on, and the. The the most sticking part of this whole thing is Helena didn't mean for this to be her invention.
1: Yeah, she she really just wanted to help people with with Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's like her
0: mother. Mm-hmm. So like you have to stop thinking about the world as a linear thing or as a two dimensional thing and as a four dimensional thing. And then in typical fashion, humans ruin it and they exploit it and they're frankly. With things that shouldn't be f***ed with,
1: yes, uh, <laughs> or should they? Should we have this technology? Absolutely not. No. A- and but, and Blake does such a good job of of showing both. Okay, this is really what the best of intentions gets you. You know, especially where the hell's paved with them. Exactly. Especially when she does get to DARPA, and they're you know Ugh. they're saying we are doing good work, and she's actually starting to kind of like become comfortable with what they're doing. Well,
0: because it's like a small group of people who have sort of a diplomatic, democratic thing. You know, they set all these rules like you can only go back, like, is it like five days or something, like, to begin with?
1: Three or five days, something like that. And
0: so they're preventing school shootings. They're preventing horrible, atrocious, terroristic acts. And it's like, okay, you can't argue with that. On one side, because you're like the technology's there; it's out there now, so let's use it for good. But it's just as the thing snowballs and snowballs and snowballs, and as
1: the as the, the as upper management, as it were, are saying, "No, you have to do this." And people and and then the information gets out, and other countries and other people get a hang of it. And to sh- when he shows what a terrorist group could do with the technology, oh yeah, that was. That was ingenious. Because
0: of course WikiLeaks puts it all out yeah. there. Yeah. And so so anybody with $25,000 or whatever can just like do this thing.
1: The the scene or scenes or or whatever, the chapter where um the, you know, the bridge collapses Ugh. and then the building explodes and yeah. then, you know, all, and it just like rapid fire, horrible things keep happening in the city. Oh my
0: god, it was like a gut punch every time you see that dash and you're like, "Oh, God oh god where are we going now what's happening now
1: and and you know this 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 group decides we can kill everybody and then bring them back to life and then kill them again over and over and over again yes uh that's worse that's worse yeah
0: Mm -hmm. like i mean just the um and then there's the people the 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 good quote-unquote the good people who are like okay wait we have to we have to get this perfect we have to get this perfect we have to go back to the right time and we can prevent this and it's like oh but you can't because it's it's so complicated and I mean that's ultimately what they find is it's so unleashed and it's so difficult to pinpoint they like can't get it right and so then it becomes okay using the chair is an act of war and then we get the nuclear warheads involved which was absolutely the most disgusting thing to read about when
1: they were in denver in particular jesus
0: i mean it's already the concept of it is horrifying the knowing it's coming the counting down the emergency alerts on your phone and then seeing it And the way he describes people's skin coming off and, you know, they're like coughing up blood and the trees bent at a natural angle. I mean, all of it is the stuff that we've all learned about what happens when a warhead goes off times a million because it feels so real.
1: I'm I'm speechless. It renders you speechless. It 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 affected me.
0: It's the scariest thing. It's actually the scariest thing. Yeah. And, you know... They make some parallels to nuclear fission uh, in the book, too, that it's like the people who invent these things wish they'd never invented it. Um,
1: you can't put the genie back in the bottle.
0: You can't put the genie back in the bottle, even if it's Will Smith with his little top knot. You can't put him back in the bottle. <laughs> um, let's talk about a little bit of the moralistic stuff just real quickly. Because, of course, you know, in any sort of time travel scenario, the trope is always, let's try to do good. Like, let's go back and, like, kill Hitler as a baby or (laughs) whatever. And it's just, it's so hard. These good intentions. Uh, One thing that I really liked is when Barry first finds the Mind Hotel that Slade's operating. Yes, And this guy's like, oh, I'm gonna go back and do the architectural thing I really wanted to do. And you're not supposed, you're supposed to only do like really subtle little changes. Mm-hmm.
1: Basically that, that just affects your life and in he little go- ways.
0: And he builds that building. Just the frightening thought of like, everybody, they're in New York and we all know the New York skyline, it's, you know, iconic. And then suddenly there's this huge architectural piece that nobody remembers being there. And then suddenly they're hit with a wave of,
1: Oh yeah, that's yeah. always been there, but it it wasn't there before. But it wasn't there
0: before. Mm-hmm. How crazy is that?
1: It's n- it's insane. It makes your head hurt, and it really makes me wonder why Slade was doing all of that. Like he yes. knows he knows that it's that it's hitting everybody. Yeah, and he still keeps sending people back. Which the the concept of of all of the different realities hitting everyone at the same time so brilliant is incredibly unique yeah uh, time travel is is a very is a very uh fluid genre when it comes to, yeah. to being wr- written in books and you can really create your own rules which is what's kind of cool about it right but it, it, a lot of them are takes on, on on similar ideas a lot of them built around back to the future honestly yeah. and, and and there's stuff from before back to the future that it's based HTMLs. on but that's that's a good exactly but that's a good you know, overall idea in a simplified setting. this is so unique. I've never read or watched or or or, or anything like this
0: right of how of the the concept of dead memories mm-hmm. and it all um, all of a sudden it just hits everybody at once. Um, there's also the really dark part of all this that the uh, the person who has to do the journey has to kill themselves. yes, over and over again.
1: You are dying. You are you are literally dying in the deprivation chamber.
0: And that's where it kind of gets into, like we talked about Helena and her strength and her determination and she's trying so hard to make this all right and she's slowly unraveling because it's like over the course of this for her, it's like a hundred years. Well, yeah,
1: she, She's lived like a hundred, 180, whatever many years it was. She's, her brain can't handle living that long. And, uh, it... The way that she's aged through the book, even though she's going back in time to when she's 16 years old over and over, but she's still aging.
0: Because it's all the same over and over again. Yeah, there's slight differences. And, you know, and once she meets up with Barry in every timeline, they, you know, they can they can get a lot of funds because they know everything that's going to happen They can kind of bet on the stock market or whatever, get all this money. But it's like. There's such subtle differences, but you know it's all going to come to the same conclusion.
1: Their relationship is beautiful.
0: Now, see, this is like the emotional, hard-hitting stuff that I liked the taste of in Dark Matter. And here, there's this wonderful passage near the end of the book where it's just all that stuff that Barry is going through and realizing when he really starts seeing in different dimensions. Um it's incredible, and there's a lot of talk of my soul knows your soul between mm-hmm. the two of them. Like this, really, just romantic, beautiful stuff. That, and it's not yucky or gushy or sexual or anything like that. It's like uh, this true love these two people share. And it's always nice in a book with so much science to then bring in something, frankly, spiritual. To be like, I guess we can't explain everything, though.
1: And, and but but see, the the beautiful thing about it is is if time is really just static and everything really all happens in one moment, and it's just the way your brain processes it, your soul uh-huh. has still lived these unlimited um, potential, universes with this person yes and that's that's that connection that they have
0: and it reminded me of eternal sunshine like we talked about where it's like even when you know how something's gonna end would you still do it and the point is yes because the the, you know there's this is a very bumper sticker phrase but i think it's really true the journey the what is it the journey is the destination You know, where it's like all the little minutiae that makes up a life is what's important. You know, Barry loses his daughter. He falls in and out of love with his wife. He falls in love with Julia. He gets caught up in this absolutely insane adventure. But he is like, I'm going to keep doing it every time.
1: This is the genius of Blake Crouch as well. Is when it comes to his ex-wife, it, you know, upon his second reliving of his life, yeah, you know they still drift apart, and he right. realizes this—this this always was supposed to happen.
0: It was just, and he tells her, and they have that beautiful heart-to-heart. Yeah. Heart, oh my gosh, where he's like, you know, this was going to happen anyway. Yeah, she kind of stuck us together for a little bit longer, but. No, but, yeah. and also because he knows he found his soulmate and it's not this person.
1: Well, exactly. And that's why I say it's genius because it would have rang it would have rang a little bit hollow if, you know, upon his final reliving, yes. you know, he decided okay, I'm, you know, still going to I'm going to go through this. I'm still going to leave my wife, who I had a child with. Right. And now I'm going to... But but I'm waiting for Helena. Yeah. It, it it was beautifully done where the two of them still have a loving relationship. They're still there for each other, but they're not in love with each other. Right. And he's like, well, okay. You know, I lived this life that I already lived and was supposed to live. Yeah. And now... Well- A big part of it is
0: he forgives her, he forgives himself, and he lets go of that anger that drove him to be an alcoholic and all this other junk he got involved in and made himself. Um, Oh, one thing that I think is um, really good. (laughs) That sounds so dumb. One thing that was real good in this book (laughs) is how when his daughter, Megan, yeah? Yeah. The so Megan,
1: Julia, or is that his wife?
0: Julia's the wife. we will say Megan, his daughter. Anyway, his daughter. When um, he first uses the chair to like have her back, and everything's great, and then she remembers she was supposed to die, and she's thrown into a very strange existential crisis because she's not supposed to be here. And I appreciated that a lot because, I mean, I think it's nice in theory to be like, somebody would be like, yay, a second chance at life. <laughs> but <laughs> I think most people would not take it that way. And they would be thrown into some sort of weird, I- I'm supposed to be dead. I remember being dead.
1: And, and there's the scene with the the test subject when he first actually dies.
0: Yes. And and
1: he goes back and he brings him back. And, and he says, why did you bring me back? It was beautiful i could have stayed there that moment forever forever yeah like and i like that i i like that idea
0: the death is kind
1: and that death is is living forever in that moment
0: right in like your best moment yeah i like that too man This is stuff that makes me want to cry. Blake Crouch trying to get me to cry at this damn book, which is not unusual for me to cry. Um, I think I was so... Yes, it is. At books? Well, books,
1: no. I guess not. Um,
0: Yeah, otherwise it's unusual, uh, because I have have no soul. Um, But... (sighs) You know, I was so overcome and so completely satisfied with this book. I had the pinpricks in my eyes, but the tears didn't fall because I was so wrapped up. That makes any sense? It does. But no problem.
1: I cried. You cried. the the last The last chapter of the epilogue is one of the most powerful endings. Oh. Just ah. when he when he he says when, when, it, when it ends with you know he's not sure what he's gonna what he's going to say to her. He's not sure how he's going to introduce himself. And it's just, and he said,
0: and that's it. Absolutely brilliant. Cause he's still picking her every time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm tearing up right now.
0: It's too much. You guys it so It's too good. much. So now that you've gushed utterly about the book, you love it more than you said.
1: I see. Th- I, I don't. I feel
0: like you were welled up, and then we just let you have like this volcanic eruption of emotion.
1: Well, I think you forget how much I love dark matter, or maybe I'm misremembering how much I love dark matter. <laughs> I this book was much more emotional for me.
0: Oh yeah, yeah
1: hugely so. I, I again, it's I don't like to do you know this one's better than I'm the other saying, one I'm or no, anything like that. I'm not like asking that.
0: you to pick which one's better. I'm saying.
1: And I didn't say I didn't love the book. I love the book. It was a page turner. I think it's mass appeal. I'm just gonna go ahead and spoil it. It's it it it's well no, I won't spoil it.
0: <laughs> well it's a spoiler section.
1: I know, but we haven't we haven't decided on the scoring system.
0: Ooh, geez. Um,
1: but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's it's brilliant and emotional. I I, I I didn't say I didn't love the book. I loved the book. I love everything about the book. Yeah. Uh, it is different than dark matter and i think that that's good oh yeah but it's it's very different
0: and it makes me so excited to see where he's going to go next and what he's going to do next and which part of you know this kind of stuff that he likes to explore in his books he's going to keep exploring um i mean i don't even i can't think of a clever thing out of things oh got it so i think it goes without saying that I'm gonna give this book five out of five decommissioned oil rigs out in the <laughs> middle of the Pacific Ocean, which by the way, awesome.
1: Oh yeah, I That's want a, one.
0: Yeah, I want one too. Um, so fascinating that Slade, who we all knew, quote unquote, to be this genius, this wunderkind, this kind of Steve Jobs dude was actually, you know, kind of a a real loser and just went back and screwed us all up and we didn't even know. Anyway, five decommissioned oil rigs out of five.
1: I think that there is nothing that Blake Crouch could have done to execute on his idea and his in his vision better than what he did in this book. I agree. It is five out of five decommissioned oil rigs. They they they're 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 so good they're being recommissioned. <laughs> Although oil rigs are not great, so uh,
0: let's keep it decommissioned. Yeah, we'll keep
1: it decommissioned. But 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 commissioned into giant like like uh, uh you know just estates. Yeah, palatial estates <laughs> on the ocean.
0: All right, everybody, thank you so much for bearing with us. I'm, you know, through all of this absolutely, like, brain-swelling, heart-clenching ride of a novel. Thank you, Scott.
1: Thank you, Sandra.
0: Thank you, listeners. And as always, please keep reading past your bedtime.